The Colorectal Cancer Coalition believes that grassroots action is the key to attracting widespread attention and creating the momentum necessary to move colorectal cancer prevention and treatment forward. Can small grassroots organizations like C3 make a difference in our healthcare policy? You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment on public policy. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill, and joining me today is Carly Bauman, the president of C3, the Colon Cancer Coalition. is a national nonpartisan organization whose mission is to eliminate suffering and death due to colon and rectal cancer through advocacy. Prior to her position as president of C3, she worked in grassroots advocacy, first for the American Diabetes Association. Today we're going to discuss the role of grassroots advocacy groups in the fight against major cancers. Carly, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, Well, I talked a little bit about what C3 is in the intro, but could you elaborate a little bit on that for us? Sure. Well, I really appreciate you having me on the show. I think this is such an important topic, and I'm I'm really pleased to be talking about it. Our colorectal cancer advocates are really wonderful folks, and they're doing great work. So I'm I'm I love to be able to talk about all the work that they're doing. C3 was formed in 2005 by colorectal cancer advocates who wanted to make a difference on Capitol Hill and in research centers around the country. And I think probably the best way to say uh, to describe us is at our very core, we are truly an advocacy organization. We advocate for the cause of colorectal cancer, and we teach others how to advocate for themselves and for the cause. And we do that, like I said, on Capitol Hill and in research centers. We go to the National Cancer Institute and work with them as well. We work with folks at FDA, at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, and we you know, speak to candidates and advocates about the issue of colorectal cancer. Why is this organization even necessary? Why was it formed? Well, you know, there are a lot of great cancer groups that do great work in in Washington, D.C., but there wasn't one that was really representing the voice of colorectal cancer patients on Capitol Hill, and it just needed to be done. I think that folks, particularly in the breast cancer community, have really shown what grassroots advocacy can do for a disease. The breast cancer advocates have been doing it for a very long time, and they're really good at it. And as a result, breast cancer gets a lot of attention, and their funding, they, they get a lot more funding now than when the advocates started, you know, doing the kind of work that they're doing 20-plus years ago. And so it's just, it's time now. It's time for the colorectal cancer advocates to have a voice on Capitol Hill. Well, what does it take to be a advocate? Do you need to be touched in some personal way, a family member, or are these just people that are passionate about colorectal cancer? Yeah. Well, no, you don't need to be be touched by it directly, but I would say that to be a really good advocate, it does take passion. And so a lot of times that passion comes from the folks who have been directly touched by it. But that passion can come from doctors, can come from caregivers, from family members, and from the people who have been diagnosed themselves. You talked about the the Breast Cancer Coalition. How big are they compared to you? Are you are you kind of like a, a David in their Goliath? I suppose, although it's not that we, we are working against each other. They've been around a lot longer. There are lots of breast cancer advocacy groups that have been that have been doing great things for many years and we've been around for two and a half years. And so the work that the folks in the breast cancer community, the successes that they've been able to gain have been just tremendous in terms of funding at NCI, the National Cancer Institute, but also in terms of legislation that will provide uh, guaranteed access to breast cancer screenings and then in also getting uh, additional research funding through other federal entities. So they just do a really great job of 
driving home that message, and they've been doing so for a very long time. Well, C3, how big are you guys these days? How many people are in the group, and how much you know? How much money do you have coming in to support the, the organization? Well, we are, in terms of paid staff, we're a pretty small group. We only have five paid staff folks, but our volunteer network is huge. We've got several thousand. We, we have probably about 10,000 folks who turn to us for information and for whom we turn to to help us get legislation passed and that we, we count them as our advocates. And again, in the past two and a half years, that's what we've been able to get going. So we're a small group. We're making a lot of noise on Capitol Hill, and we're really actually impacting change. We've got some really exciting stuff that's going on on Capitol Hill and also in just in research centers around the country. Well, Carly, you mentioned you got some exciting stuff going on. I, w- I would like to hear some of that exciting stuff. What kind of impact have you made thus far? Well, I think probably the most exciting thing that we have going on at this moment is a new advocacy campaign that we have recently launched called Cover Your Butt. And I encourage everyone to go to coveryourbutt.org and check out the website. And basically what it, what we're doing is there there are three pieces of legislation that are currently sitting in Congress that if they all passed would guarantee coverage of nearly every butt in America. It's three pieces of legislation they would all need to pass separately. One bill is a Medicaid bill that would cover the butts of the uninsured and underinsured and poor. There's another one that would basically close a loophole in uh, Medicare coverage of butts for elderly Americans. And then there's a third one that would require private insurers to cover the butts of their customers. If you've just joined us, you're listening to a special segment on public policy on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, and I'm talking to Carly Baum, president of C3, the Colon Cancer Coalition. We're talking about a new campaign she's working on called Cover Your Butt. Carly, I would have loved to have been in on the meeting where you came up with the name of the the organization. What other things were you throwing out? Oh, my gosh. Well, we actually started a little bit of a quote board because it was getting pretty surreal with some of the things that we were coming up with. But it was one of the most fun brainstorming sessions I've ever sat through. And, you know, it's it, and it was great because a lot of times, you know, this can be a pretty heavy job. And we've certainly we've lost some of our some very dear advocates to us this year. And so to be able to actually have a little bit of fun with your work is, is wonderful. So, yeah, we're having a lot of fun with Cover Your Butt. We've also got, if you go on our website, if you go on CoverYourButt.org, we've got T-shirts and hats and all sorts of, I mean, we're having a lot of fun with it. So, and I'm, we're hoping that it will have an impact that, you know, the more fun we can make of it, the more entertaining it is, then folks will want to get involved. And because ultimately what we're looking for are people to go to the website and write their members of Congress and say, you know, and demand that, that American butts are covered. So that's what we're really hoping to achieve through Cover Your Butt. Well, whose tush is being missed? Who are we missing? There are 47 million Americans who are uninsured. So we know that their tushes are being missed. But, you know, even with, and this has actually been pretty interesting as we've gone down this road of, of working on this campaign is we've tried, we've reached out to the major private insurers to just find out what their policy is for covering butts. And we've been really stonewalled and have not been able to get answers from these companies as to whether or not they provide colorectal cancer screenings for people over the age of 50 who are in their plans. And so, you know, what we're telling folks, and if we say that's, that's on the website, is if you think your butt is covered with your private insurance, don't be too sure. And we encourage people to find out. But then we also tell them that even if their butt is covered today, it's not guaranteed, and it might not be covered tomorrow. I'm curious what you think. Is there anything besides a screening colonoscopy that you have come across that is good enough or sufficient to cover, let's say, the 
46, 47 million people who we cannot get a colonoscopy for screening. With the Cover Your Butt campaign, we're not recommending one type of screening over another, and we, we generally follow the ACS's guidelines for colorectal cancer screening. We do have great hope, though. One of the things, actually, that we have a lot of hope for in the future, especially with all the promising research that is that is taking place, is the genetic research. And we hope that someday, you know, maybe in the next five to ten years, that people will be able to get screened just through a simple blood or urine test. That's not anything that's going to happen anytime soon. But obviously, the less invasive you can make it, the better. But we know that right now, especially, the, the, the most invasive is the most effective. What's the best thing that, that happens to your organization? Is it is it when a celebrity or a celebrity's loved one gets the disease and it kind of, you know, hits all the papers and uh, raises awareness? I mean, we don't want that to happen, but it seems like it would be a good thing. Well, you know, I mean, certainly there have been some high-profile cases of folks who are living with colorectal cancer. And any time, and, and I applaud folks when they are public about this disease. I mean, I was pretty young when this was all happening, but I remember when breast cancer, when you never said the word breast. And I, I think that right now we're going through a transition. You can't, you know, people don't like to say colon or rectum. And so we take great joy in saying it loudly all the time just to try to get a little bit of that out of the way. And so anytime anyone goes public with their colorectal cancer story is obviously a great thing for the cause. But personally, I think probably the best thing that happens to this organization on a regular basis is when our advocates can actually see firsthand the work that they do is making an impact. For example, again, one of the pieces of legislation that we're supporting with the Cover Your Butt campaign is a bill that would provide colorectal cancer screening for the poor and uninsured. And we are right now trying to get co-sponsors for that legislation. And we're up to about 100 co-sponsors at this point. And a lot of those members of Congress who have co-sponsored this bill have done so directly because our advocates have called them directly and asked them to do so. So then hear that gratification. And a lot of these folks who are our advocates are patients themselves and who a lot of times, you know, just feel very frustrated and helpless in the face of this disease, and this is this is an impact that they are really having. And so for me, I find that personally gratifying when that happens. Carly, in the ideal utopian world, what would you like to see happen? What would you like C3 to accomplish in the next five years? Oh, gosh, in the next five years, I would love to see late-stage diagnoses, survival time periods, double. I think that, you know, right now, ultimately, of course, we would we would love for there to be a cure and, and we would love, frankly, to go out of business. And so I think the, the, the more that can be done for folks who are diagnosed with the later stages where they can lead long and productive lives, the better. Carly, what kind of things have you learned actually about causes of colon cancer that kind of surprised you the most recently? Well, I think probably one of the things that surprised me the most is we, well, we do a newsletter that we send out to our advocates, uh, a free quarterly newsletter that always has information on living with colorectal cancer. We always do clinical trial spotlights and how to get involved as an advocate. But we, one of our recent newsletters, the cover story was on inherited colon cancer or colorectal cancer. And I don't think I ever really knew about that and about, you know, the genetic mutations that take place. And so that was really interesting for me to learn about. And I think it was really helpful for folks. And especially, you know, the more folks that can find out about this sort of thing and get the genetic testing and know if they might have that genetic mutation, you know, roaming around in their bodies and they tell their families and they can, you know, they can all get screened adequately for 
uh, for colorectal cancer. I think that's wonderful. So that was actually really interesting for me to learn about. Tell me again the, the name of the newsletter. Momentum. How could I get a copy? Do I have to go to the lo- the website and log on? And That's right. Yeah. If you go to www.fightcolorectalcancer.org, you can sign up for free for a newsletter. If I go in www.coveryourbutt.org? .org, I can also get somewhere? Yeah, we do have links that go back to our regular website. We, The CoverYourButt.org website we created just to support the Cover Your Butt campaign, but you can get to the C3 website from there as well. Carly Bauman, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. I've been talking with Carly Bauman, the president of C3, the Colon Cancer Coalition. I've been talking about the role of grassroots advocacy groups in fighting the war against colorectal cancer. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, and you've been listening to a special segment on public policy on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments at ReachMD.com, which now features on-demand podcasts of our entire library. 